The reading today is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. So we come to think this morning particularly about hope in our relationships. Now this theme of hope, of course, that we've been considering since the beginning of the year is absolutely vast. And again, we come to it this morning in a, against a backcloth of a society where there is not a lot of hope. It's not the big word, is it, that's being spoken about in uh, the world at large. Again, this week, there have been news items that have been tragic, that have caused us to feel hopeless. The mass shooting in a school in Florida with 17 lives lost the exposure of Oxfam's problems and the allegations of abuse, the continuing debate about Brexit and its implications for all aspects of life in the UK. These are massive challenges that are surrounding us in the wider world today. And by the way, when we come to pray this evening, our prayers will focus very much on the world as well as on the church, and we'll give equal time to both tonight. But it is in this wider context of a challenging and difficult world that we're called to live out this gospel of hope, which is at the heart of the Christian faith. We're a people of hope. We trust and believe that through Jesus Christ, there is always hope, whatever is going on. And in recent weeks, we've looked at some particular applications of this. We've thought about hope in the workplace, hope amongst those with a disability, hope expressed Last week in the example of Gideon. And today we come to another very specific area as we look at hope within our relationships. Now we all have relationships with other people. They may be marriage partners, family members, work colleagues, church friends, community friends, neighbors at home. The list is endless. And my focus this morning is on all of these, and that is very important. Not just one particular kind of relationship, but all of them. Particularly on those relationships where this morning there might be some element of strain. And I would be surprised if there were not some element of strain in some relationship somewhere in each 
of our networks of family, friends and acquaintances. It would be absolutely wonderful if every person that you related to, everything was absolutely honky-dory. But in the real world, for all kinds of reasons, there are stresses and strains. But the key message for this morning is that whatever that kind of strain might be, then by the grace of God, there is always hope in finding a way forward, whatever the specific outcome might be. So let's think about that for a moment. We'll come to these words that Frida read. But uh, first, just very briefly, to touch on these elements of strained relationships that do occur from time to time, and to recognize that they come for various reasons. And I just listed a few of those strained relationships. It may be because of a lack of commun effective communication, that actually there's misunderstanding or the channels of communication are not working very well. It may be an absence of active listening, that people are saying things but you're not really hearing what they're saying. It may be a breakdown of trust, that someone has done something and you feel betrayed. It may be an unwillingness to change. There have been uh, conversations that have sought after uh, something to change and it hasn't happened. An unwilling, unforgiving spirit or an element of carelessness or selfishness. We could spend a lot of time exploring, as it were, those underlying reasons why relationships so often become strained. And it could be any or all of those reasons. It could be other things that happen that bring about an element of strain. These are often identified as problem areas in close relationships, but they also apply to some extent in our relationships with whoever we are connecting with in whatever context. And ultimately, of course, if untouched, these are the things that can lead to a more serious breakdown. What then should be our Christian attitude as people who have hope? And as we declare that we are a people of hope, how does that make a difference to the way that we relate to one another and relate to all those people in our lives? How should we behave as believers when we find ourselves in a place where relationships are strained? It is, of course, the same as how we should behave at all times, but especially relevant to this theme. And the answers come from the Bible in a number of different places. But for this morning, just to touch on some of those words in our reading, Ephesians 4 from verse 29 through to 5 verse 2. Watch your words. Watch your words. Speech is a wonderful gift of God. And yet the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus, and maybe this letter was circulated to other congregations as well, do not let any unwholesome talk or evil talk come out of your mouths. The word evil or unwholesome is literally translated rotten, as in rotten trees or rotten fruit. Rotten talk will damage our hearers, but wholesome talk will bring grace to our hearers. The scripture says so much about words. Proverbs 12, verse 18, thoughtless words can wound deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. The book of James emphasizes this very much as well, the power of the tongue. Watch your words. 
when you are engaging with other people in relationships, in conversation. And then do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, of love, of unity, and of peace. And those and many other qualities belong to God, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is grieved when what we say or do breaks those aspects of his character. If we're to be Christian people, living lives of hope, then we need to express the character of the Holy Spirit and we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. If we read back into earlier verses in this passage, we're called to be truthful, to be honest, to not allow our anger to lead to sin. There are many practical instructions for Christian living. And I think the Spirit is often grieved by our thoughts before they turn into words or actions. If you'd like, this takes us one step behind watching our words and watching our actions. It's what's going on in inside before any of that comes out. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Reflect the character of the Holy Spirit in love, truth, unity and peace. And if we're to relate well to other people, we've got to see every other person as God sees them and relate to them in a way that brings something of God's grace into their lives and does not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The instructions go on. Remove all bitterness, verse 31. Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, and malice. Six words that are described there, but I think bitterness, the first word, is the key. Because the word bitterness means a sour spirit. If you munch an apple, and you're expecting it to be nice and sweet and juicy... You take the first bite and ouch, it's a sour one. That can be quite a shock. Sour communication is damaging. And I think the other negative behaviours listed in this particular verse are a consequence of that primary problem. An embittered spirit that refuses to be reconciled. Those are negative things, aren't they? Watch your words, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, remove all bitterness. It's balanced with the positive. As we move into verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. There are three massively important words there. Focus on kindness, tenderness, and forgiveness. The Greek word for kindness is krestos. And I only mention that because it's very interesting that the Greek word for Christ is Christos. There's just one letter different between the two. They are so close. And they're also so close in the sense that our expressions of kindness are an expression of Christ. Our kindness to others is modelled on God's kindness to us. The grace that we show to other people is a reflection of the grace that we have received 
Focus on kindness. Focus on tenderness. A tender heart is a heart that has understanding. A hard heart is a heart that's closed up. And it's so easy to become hard-hearted. But in our dealings with others, God is calling us to be tender-hearted. And the acts of kindness will flow from the tender heart of compassion. And then the key word of forgiveness. Because we who are forgiven by God must be a people who are willing to forgive other people. So as well as the negative things to avoid, watching your words, do not grieve the Holy Spirit and remove all bitterness and slander and so on, there are the positives of focusing on kindness, tenderness, and forgiveness. These are the ways in which God is calling us to be a people of hope in our relationships with others. But ultimately, there is something more than all of that. And it is that we explore a hope that is based on Jesus Christ. You see, what is the hope when things are really hard? You see, it's all very well for me to just say these things that are obviously already written in the Bible and, and just give you a little bit of an understanding and an interpretation of them. But you might think, that's all good and important. But what about, and you think of a particular situation that is especially challenging. The ultimate key to hope in all of our relationships is with Jesus Christ. It's not with ourselves. It's with him. He has loved us beyond measure. While we were utterly helpless, Christ died for us. He is the one whose love is unlimited. He has addressed the biggest broken relationship of all time. And that is, of course, the whole human race who have turned their back on their creator and where we've gone our own way and we've lived our own lives and we have not been pleasing to God. And God in his love has sent his own son and Jesus has died for us. And he has brought reconciliation, brought a togetherness, whereas there has been a fracture in the whole world. And he did that through the sacrificial love as he hung on the cross and prayed, Father, forgive, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive the soldiers. Father, forgive everyone, for they don't know what they're doing. And this is the heart of the gospel of hope. That in a hopeless world, Christ has come and in his sacrifice of love has brought hope. So here is the key. That just as his Perfect self-giving sacrifice brought forgiveness, life and hope to all mankind. So it is our sacrificial love which will bring hope and restoration to those situations where relationships are strained in our lives today. It's very important that just as Christ has given everything in his love for us. So we are called to give and to love 
and to see hope and restoration. The end result may not be what we would personally hope for. People are complex. And the issues that give rise to strained relationships are complex. And they don't always suddenly turn round in the way that you or I would like to see that happen. And sometimes the challenges remain for many, many years. And sometimes things that have happened a long while ago keep rearing, as it were, their ugly head or their challenging presence. Because life is complex. We can either make matters worse, or we can trust God to give us the strength and the wisdom and the grace to do what is in our power and to do what the Spirit empowers us to make things better. And whatever the outcome, there is always hope when our confidence and trust is in Jesus Christ. I wonder, do you really believe these things this morning? And can you apply them to the people with whom you are relating today? Close relationships, family relationships, friendships, work colleagues, the neighborhood, whatever it is. And this morning there may be someone who you have particularly in mind, where you know that things are strained. Maybe that you've lost hope that it could ever be different. You can apply the theme of hope 2018 to lots of other situations, but this one, you kind of feel there's a blockage. And it doesn't work. And yet God is asking you today, and he's asking me, to be a people of hope in all our relationships. To allow the gospel of hope to transform our lives and those with whom we relate in so many different ways. And that transformation is based on what Jesus has done when he died on the cross. And so shortly we will come to share communion and that's going to be very powerful this morning. It is out of this sacrifice of self-giving love that we're able to step out with hope in the way that we relate to those around us today. Now, we always give an opportunity for prayer after the service, and we're going to do that as usual today. But we also felt in planning this morning that it will be important to give you an opportunity to respond now. Because as I've been speaking, it may well be that there are people who've come into your mind, situations that uh, are around in your lives where things are not as they should be. And maybe you've lost hope that it could ever be different. Maybe also there are situations that you're thinking of, people that you're close to. And it's not all wrong, but you know that it could be better. And you long that the Spirit of God would just take hold of your life and enable you to be a person of hope in the way that you relate to others. 
And so we're going to give an opportunity for responding to this now, before communion. And uh, Helen has arranged for a number of people to pray in this short time. And there are going to be pairs of people available to pray just uh, behind the baptistry there, uh, two, two places there, and down by the piano here, and across there by the Stratford Road entrance. And what we're going to do in a moment is that I'm going to lead us all in a prayer, and, and then the band are going to sing. And as they sing, we just want to give you the opportunity to respond here and now. And what you would do is simply go uh, to any of those places, whatever's nearest to you. Uh, not to have a conversation, but simply to stand before God and to say, I'm offering you, Lord, my life. And it may be a particular relationship that you're thinking of. And as you stand there, allow others to pray for you and to pray that God's Spirit will bring hope into your life and bring hope into that particular relationship that you would be thinking of.